Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we learn about when we might learn more. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Nintendo's new president. And then on Thursday, we're coming back uh, to talk to indie developer Neil Sarkar. Uh, real good conversation about Nintendo and how it's informed his entire life and development sensibilities. But that's on Thursday. Until then, Mark, how you doing? Doing great. I'm just sitting here admiring your Luke Skywalker jacket. I went to Disneyland over the weekend. I bought Luke Skywalker's jacket from The Empire Strikes Back. It's not a prop from the movie. I don't know why I introduced it. Like, maybe it is. Um, but uh, it's just, it's it's better because you can actually wear it. Yeah, and it makes me very happy. Uh, it's like a his flight jacket. So he's not, he's wearing it like on Bespin. Uh, he probably takes it off when he's on uh, uh, Dagobah. But he has it on Dagobah. He has it, for sure. If you saw it, you would recognize it. That's right. And you would be like, how much did you spend on this, Patrick? <laughs> and I would say, that's none of your business. Finances are <laughs> a, a personal matter. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been talking a lot about jackets tonight because I'm trying to uh, wear hoodies less. Ugh, Mark. I mean, I know I... I know I'm not I... forsaking them entirely. I'm just trying to um, look a little more put together. I mean, we all reach that point in our lives where we say, maybe I should be a little bit more put together. And then, and then we're just like, oh, I'm just going to slouch into yeah, whatever that's, I've already oh, got going on too, here. Too much work. Um, look, before we get started, we need you guys to help us out. Uh, we would love for you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Every time we get a review, we are one closer to possibly going to E3 this year. And we're pretty close at this point. We're pretty close, but that doesn't mean that you should relax about it. We still need your review so we can get to 50, just like in The Princess Bride, not to 50, but this time, yes to 50. Vote yes on 50. Uh, special thanks to The Fourth Stranger, uh, Z-Mouse, and Buster01234 for leaving us five-star reviews this week. Um, we appreciate it. Also, if you're reviewing us on other platforms or not the American uh, Apple Podcast Store, we appreciate it. But we can't we just, see it. We just can't see it. So if you have a special request in there... Or like some, guest weather. Like guest weather. Uh, you can also email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Let us know you left a review on another s- store. And we'll believe you. We trust you. We're trusting people. We are trusting people. Um, I guess on that note, <laughs> my copy of Sonic Forces is still out in the wild somewhere. No one knows where it is. Uh, I but have we're it. not giving up hope. Mm-mm. We've left a candle lit for them. That's right. And the door is always open. The door to my apartment is always open and unlocked and anyone can wander in. Return their the copy of Sonic Forces. That's Nobody's right. going to be mad. We are possibly too trusting. Uh, yet here we are. If you would like to get on the list to possibly one day borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, email your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. <laughs> I was running out of breath. Is that a violation of the rules? No, no, no. I don't it's, think so. It still, it still works. Um, I think that's only the second time in, in this show's history that it hasn't been perfect. So I, I say let's, give, let's cut ourselves a little slack, Mark, for human beings. Uh, the other thing that you could use that email address for is you could participate in our episode that's going to uh, come out when, Mark? June 7th. June 7th, we are going to be discussing determining once and for all which is the best pokemon starter but we need your feedback yeah because honestly mark and i aren't great at the pokemon games i'm kind of leaning towards pikachu right now i just and last time i said i just don't want to hear pikachu because i feel like it's a cheat i feel like it should be you know of the three like main elemental types of pokemon from starters, your leafy guys, your fiery guys, and your water guys. Pikachu's not any of those things, Mark. But anyway, if He's you have special, he is special. 
If uh, you have a particular favorite and you want us to make sure that we are repping them instead of just saying Bulbasaur over and over again, um, which we might do, I don't know, um, you should write into us with your recommendations and a well-reasoned argument as to why <laughs> that is the best Pokemon. You can also tweet it at us. That's right. We are at Nincart Society. Um, I'm just at Patrick underscore Ellers and Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And we can, you know... We we would love to hear that uh, on those platforms as well, and we can argue in real time, um, which is uh, appealing to me. All right, Mark, are you ready to get into uh, what we've been playing this week? Let's do it. We'll get into it in greater detail next week, um, but I've been playing uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Um, it is the first South Park game that I've played since the racing game that was on Nintendo 64. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a, um, I don't remember that some Mario Kart style. Um, not, not, uh, not, not great. Um, but the fractured butthole, uh, so far is, uh, quite fun. It has made me laugh, genuine laughs. Like I was out at a bar in LA with headphones in, cause this is the kind of cool guy I am. <laughs> My headphones in and I'm playing this game. Um, sitting at a table by myself and laughing out loud. I'm sure people were looking at me, but I was too engrossed <laughs> in the game. Um, but we, we will speak more on that, I believe, next week. And I've been playing more Stardew Valley. I actually started my Switch with the intention of not playing Stardew Valley, but I had put it to sleep while I was already in the game. Right. And so, so when it started up, playing. I was yeah. like, oh, right, I meant to catch that fish because... I'm trying to complete the bundles for the community center and <laughs> it's summer right now. And you know, this is one of those fish that I can catch uh, during this season. So I might as well go do it. Oh, there's a festival tomorrow. I'll get that taken care of. Cause I don't actually like the festivals that much. Mm, cause it, cause it interrupts it like, disrupts your regular, like yeah. the rate, you know, like the stuff I actually want to get done. This is weirdly enough how I feel about actually going on vacation in real life. <laughs> Even though I like the vacation, I'm like, I'm just so content with my routine that's slowly <laughs> killing me. <laughs> I don't want that interrupted for nothing. Uh, speaking of Stardew Valley, they started doing the beta, the multiplayer beta on yeah. PC. Uh, I think it's coming, the, all the like multiplayer stuff is coming to Switch later this year. Yeah, I believe they originally pitched it as coming first to Switch. Maybe on consoles. Maybe maybe like that's what it is. Yeah, first on consoles. Um, we had mentioned it, I think, last week or two weeks ago, but neither of us knew what it was. But now we know. Now we know. There's some extra, or we know about some of it. There's some extra. This is a, like single player theme content. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna tease it out. Yeah, just meter out a little bit of information at a time. <laughs> uh, there is some single player content coming. But as far as multiplayer goes, you and another person can create a farm together. And so is this like separate from your main farm? I don't believe so. Okay. I it seems like you would either start a new game or like yeah. I would invite you into mine or something like that. Uh the only thing is that like our inventories are separate. Okay. But we could marry each other. Uh, all right. But like so you, but you bought Stardew Valley and you haven't played a bunch of it, right? That's correct. Uh, and I could use like a another person who's like doing it and making things happen while I'm not there to make me go like, oh man, I got to get in there. And yeah. Like, so I my feel weight. like when this comes out, we should uh, start a farm together. All right. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to start the Nintendo Cartridge Society farm and it'll be a glorious thing. And maybe we'll get married. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like that uh, ranch in Oregon that uh, is featured in Wild Wild Country. Sure. I still haven't seen Wild Wild Country. Don't. Don't. It'll ruin it for you. Just trust <laughs> oh, that it's a okay. positive thing. All right. I'll assume that that's the case. <laughs> I did see that uh, the sketch on Saturday Night Live about it. So I, oh, feel, like oh, I, you, I feel like I know everything. You have enough information. Um, I continue to play God of War, uh, which is not a Nintendo game, but it is occupying a lot of my video game space right now. I'm in the end game um, and I'm very happy with uh, the, the game as a whole. Would uh, gladly talk about God of War for the next 10 minutes, but it feels off brand for us, right? Yes. Maybe a 433 in the future. In the future. I also don't really want to spoil anything because the game takes some very nice turns that I didn't see coming. Um, and, uh, you know, I am normally of the opinion that I don't believe in spoilers, uh, but I understand where other people 
do. So I shan't spoil anything about uh, God of War on well, the show. Well, let's pencil it in. A year from now. One year from now. We will talk about God, God of, of War, War spoilers, spoilers during a 433. Yeah. All right, Mark, let's get that's what we've been playing this week. Let's uh, get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. All right, May, kind of a lighter week for mm-hmm. new releases. Um, today, the Neo Geo game. Oh, no, 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 no. Tomorrow, the Neo Geo game Stakes Winner yes. is being released. Uh, it's a horse racing game. And I guess really, like, the only thing I'm, I personally care about this week is on Friday, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Yeah, we can cut through the chase on this <laughs> one. I think that's okay. I just want one thing I want to say about Stakes, stakes Winner. Um, it's a horse racing game, but it is not po- pocket card jockey. We already have pocket card jockey. I don't know why we would need a second horse racing game. There, I've said my piece. I guess maybe for people who aren't interested in the card aspect. Look, Mark. They must exist. I understand where you're coming from, but pocket card jockey is already a perfect horse racing game. It's a perfect game. It cannot be improved upon. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. I guess stakes winner uh, already beat it to the punch on account of it's a Neo Geo game, but uh, you know we j- we already have pocket card jockey. The only thing you care about this week, Mark, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. We have played it a little mm-hmm. bit on the Wii U. I've got. I'm not gonna lie to you. I am very excited for this Funky Kong mode. Oh, okay. because I am very into getting further into this game without killing myself. <laughs> Here's the thing: I'm hoping, fingers crossed, yeah. is that Funky Kong also makes the rocket barrels much easier. How? How is he going to do that? I don't know. How is he going to make those rocket barrel levels? So you're still going to have rocket barrels. You're still going to have minecarts. They're still going to be like intensely memorized. Minecarts are fun. Okay. The rocket barrel levels I have never found entertaining. They are troublesome. Yeah. So are you, you're picking this game up when it comes yeah, out on Friday? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and are you going to jump? So the, the Funky Kong mode, right? Funky mode? Funky Kong mode? What are we calling it? Uh, I'm, I feel comfortable calling it Funky mode. Okay. That's what we're, whatever it's uh, called canonically, we are calling it Funky mode. Um, are you going to jump right into that? Or are you going to try it with like, donkey and his uh his ilk first well uh, i've only ever played it in multiplayer but if you mm. play by yourself are you do you still have two apes uh yeah kongs I, I believe you do yeah then i will probably have funky as a secondary kong yeah um so just pulling them right in right right away I, I i think so maybe not for those like levels that i oh i don't know can you how easy is it to switch kongs not uh, very I mean, it's 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 a between levels kind of thing. Oh, right? okay. Then I, I don't know. Maybe I'll like uh, just use. Here's what they should do. They should just introduce a mode where you've got a trail of Kongs behind you, and you can always just keep swapping them out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you've got them all all the time. Um, I really liked Tropical Freeze. I don't know that I will be double dipping on this. Yeah, I, I don't really see a reason f- if you already own it on Wii U mm-hmm. to buy it again, especially for $10 more. You're right. <laughs> $10 more in like three years later <laughs> than what you originally bought it for. I mean, other than if I had like a, a trip or something coming up, uh, an opportunity to play it on the go, um, you know, that's the eternal appeal of the switch is like but now you can play it on the plane um which would be super cool uh and i did play the original donkey kong uh country returns a lot more when it came to 3ds for that very reason so i don't know this this is a a someday purchase for me all right mark let's get out of the new releases Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you've selected our topic today. Please introduce it. We're going to rank the three Toy Story movies. We're going to rank, so just the three Toy Story yes. movies. Yes. Because uh-huh. okay. we, we only have four minutes and 33 seconds. I understand that. Um, so just three Toy Story A definitive movies. ranking. Okay. Um, do you come into this with any like 
do you have like a, a, a preconception of what you think the I, order is? I think two is the best. You think two is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I probably think three is the best. Um, but I can understand an argument about two. I feel like three is basically a retelling of two. Like, they hit a lot of the same emotional beats. Yeah, I mean, I think all the movies hit a lot of the same emotional beats, But I mean, beats, like, right? even specifically, there's, uh, what, that big, like, there's the purple bear in three. They're mm-hmm. like, he's nice. Oh, no, he's bad. Prospector. Right. Prospector. Right. Uh, and, like, the, the theme of, I guess, both two and three um, is, uh, like, outliving what your perceived usefulness and then finding new new purpose, right? Right. Um, but... For me, and I, I think, I think I like three as much as I do because it has the junkyard scene through the end of the movie, um, and I think that's where three is the strongest, where the characters almost die, <laughs> where the toys almost die, Mark, um, and then are they are like at peace with dying? They're all like holding hands and are about to be sucked into this furnace thing. Then they are miraculously saved, whatever, whatever, and then are able to make a new child happy. Um, and I think that part of that movie is just solid magic, um, like un- unrepeatable, beautiful, you know, first seven minutes of up magic. Do you know they are trying to repeat it? There's going to be a fourth Toy Story next year. I mean, there, w- there's going to be a new Star Wars movie every year until we die. Uh, this is just what happens to us, right? Yeah, but <laughs> that's true. But they didn't like put a perfect bow, although they've done that before. <laughs> Toy Story 2 had a perfect bow at the end of it. Right. Toy Story 3 has the perfect, like, perfect bow. this is the end, like, for real this time. Right. Uh, and it, it'll just never be the end. Things that we love don't die anymore because they will make someone <laughs> money. <laughs> um, so what what do you think? Give me your argument. Well, hold on. Number one has no chance of being number one. I don't think so, even though it's a really good movie. It is a really good movie. I think it shows its age in a way that the other Toy Story movies don't. Visually, for sure. Um, and actually, does 2 show its age a little bit? Also, yeah, totally. Visually, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 3 is by far the best looking one. Uh, 1, the first movie, like we kind of take for granted how good it is because a lot of the sequences have just become like... Uh, ingrained in the culture but like Mm -hmm. the stuff at sid's house is scary but like cool the pizza planet sequence with the little green aliens yeah that's all very iconic like now you know like it's old hat because they're everywhere it's like watching napoleon dynamite right you're you're like i've heard all these or borat (laughs) like i've heard and seen all this stuff in different con worse contexts and so i hate it all now right um, that's an interesting, but theory. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily better than the other two movies. Right. But it is foundational in not just for the Toy Story mythos, but also just like for Pixar and like their storytelling sensibility and all of that. Um, why do I like three as much as I do? If you were to rank them right now, would you go two, three, one? I think so. Yeah. And I think I would go three, two, one. So I think the only thing we can say definitively is that so far, so far, uh-huh. we still have like a minute. Um, is that uh, number one is number three. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, oh, Mark, how are we going to break this down? How are we going to, how are we going to, like, what do we, so Prospector versus Big Purple Bear. I mean, ugh. Prox, Prospector is better. In what way? <laughs> He's first. He is like, first. Like Big Purple Bear, you're like, you see it coming a mile away. Yes. Because you're like, we've already seen this movie. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm fine with revisiting themes and being like, oh, we'll do them right this time. We won't screw around. This time it's going to be. And I think three has the elements of horror that one has in like when the kindergarten kids show up. I think it is as scary and as chaotic as the Sid's house stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I think it manages to reprise both the themes from Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2 uh. as breathlessly and heartfeltedly as they did uh, in, in their first go-rounds. How much time what do we have? We've got, like, uh, I think the video timed out for a second, but we st- we've got maybe, like, 30 more seconds. Okay. Um, isn't, isn't there a funny sequence with, like, the Ken doll in uh, the third one? 
I don't remember, like Barbie's Dream House. Yeah. I will say I think that you make a compelling argument mm-hmm. just then when you're talking about like a combination of the best moments of two and one. Oh well, I guess we'll I guess, never I guess we'll never sure. know. Uh, we were accompanied today by a pianist and a uh, cellist, and the video was uploaded by Justin Trigger, but uh, I didn't bother to mention who the musicians were. So, thanks, Justin. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get into the into the news. Splatoon Two version three was released this past week. This major update includes the new X rank. For oh, ranked yeah. battles, uh, new music, over a hundred pieces of new gear, and a couple of new weapons, a new stage, or I guess like a stage from original Splatoon that's that been the recreated here. Camp Triggerfish, I believe so. Yeah, uh, and tons of fixes and game adjustments. Also, Callie is back. Callie's back. Uh, after players meet a quote certain condition, she will appear at Tentacle Outpost in Octo Canyon. Uh, I, this is all kind of like in preparation for the Octo Expansion DLC that's launching this summer. Um, cool. Uh, I love always when uh, Splatoon gets updated, and it always makes me want to go back to it, and I very seldom do. X-Rank is so like far away from anything that I could ever possibly achieve. I mean, you have to be playing ranked matches, right? Right. Um, I have done a ranked match but i have never like played ranked i'm i'm so bad at like i think i'm still c minus on every which is your starting rank on every single uh game mode yeah in ranked matches because like well, don't you just want to have fun <laughs> don't you just want to play and have fun but the interesting thing about uh x rank is you have to be s plus 10 mm-hmm. and then they will automatically like upgrade you to s rank but, or sorry, to X rank, but your X rank only lasts for one month. So at the end of every month, if you, you don't have to like, re-earn maintain it, it wow. then you drop back down to S plus nine mm. and you have to like re-earn X rank. Wow. And then it's just like every month goes down one until it gets to S plus zero and then you die. <laughs> It's all just a countdown to, to death. Uh, if, if any of our listeners are playing Splatoon to the point where they are like within spitting distance of X rank, I would love to hear of your experience with that and uh, also what it means to have like a new rank there for you. Um, email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Speaking of Splatoon 2, Nintendo is going to be holding its first ever tournament style sp- Splatfest. Patrick, you, this one I feel speaks to you very directly. Mark, you know that it does. It features the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Beginning this weekend, May 4th, two different turtles are going to be pitted against each other until the ultimate turtle in a half shell is crowned. I love this. Mark, so you're I looking for a reason to get back into Splatoon 2, and maybe this, this is, is it. it. Yeah. So round one th- happening this weekend is... Uh, r- <laughs> Wait, I wrote... You wrote Ralph versus oh, Leo. Yeah. I changed it to Raph versus Leo, <laughs> because there is no turtle named Ralph. <laughs> There's only a Raphael. It really threw me off. <laughs> uh, so Raph versus Leo. Then next week's round two is Mikey versus Donnie. Uh, they all sound like boy band members well, not the turtle men that i know them to be that's right they are teenagers <laughs> famously <laughs> just as famously as they are both ninjas and turtles um yeah I, I i love this i the teenage mutant ninja turtles are some of my favorite they are like if there is a nerdy property that i'm like yeah i'm interested in it just because it is that it's teenage mutant ninja turtles um and uh i love like my I have each of these turtles has been my favorite at one point in in my fandom, um, and I am super excited to uh, rep the turtles that I like in this. Now I'm just I'm I'm too excited even to express myself here. And then May 18th, the two turtles from uh, previous weeks will be pitted against each other. Yes, to crown an ultimate winner, Patrick. Who are you going for in round one? So round one is Raphael mm-hmm. versus Leonardo. Ralph. 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 Raphael <laughs> versus Leonardo. Um, I'm got, I got to go Leo on this one. Um, I was a big Raph guy growing up, and especially when I was a teenager, because I was like, yeah, 
he's cool and dark and edgy and whatever. But Leonardo got a lot of responsibility. Remind me everybody's weapons. That's all. Sure. I, that's the only way I know. Raphael them. is uh, red mask size, um, and Leonardo is blue mask katana. Um, so of of those two, wh- which way do you go? You don't care about the Ninja Turtles at it's all. It's not do that you? I don't care. It's that I don't know anything about them. <laughs> like I watched the cartoon as a child, mm-hmm. um, but I I haven't really kept up on it. Yeah, recently. I'm, my my way into it now is the Ninja Turtles comics, which I love. Um, they are among my favorite comics. They are the first thing that I read every week, or every week that they come out. Um. And uh, yeah, but I think this is a tie-in for the new Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon TV show. show. That's right. It has some name that I didn't bother to write down. Uh, Mikey versus Donatello. Donnie. Yep. <laughs> Michelangelo versus Donatello. Uh-huh. Uh, Michelangelo is my current favorite Ninja Turtle um, because he has emotional intelligence <laughs> that the other turtles lack. Um, and I am jealous of his social skills. Is Donatello the most radical? Like, was he the one? I feel like everybody... No, like... Donatello does machines. He's the oh, dork. Oh, uh, okay. He wears the purple mask and has a, a, a bow staff. Who loved pizza the most in the cartoon? Probably Michelangelo. Okay, yeah. Um, Michelangelo is, is a party dude. Party! Uh, has an orange mask and wh- ha- carries nunchucks. Um, but he is, uh, he is my current favorite. I will be repping him in round two. And if he doesn't make it to the final round, I don't think I'll play the final round. Because he's your ultimate favorite. He is my ultimate favorite, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I think this is really fun. I would like to see them doing more of this in the future. Yeah, and I mean, even just, so like, pairing it up with like a pop culture thing is cool. But also having this sort of a, like tournament style to it. Uh, the fact that I'll be thinking about playing Splatoon for three consecutive weekends. <laughs> what is that? What? what? <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm, I'm very excited about this. Uh, as part of their report on monthly video game sales, data firm NPD reported that in March, Kirby Star Allies had the best debut month sales in Kirby franchise history. Hey, uh, congratulations, Star Allies. Beating previous record holder, uh, it was 2002's Kirby Nightwa- Nightmare in Dreamland for GBA. By 90%. Whoa. But, okay, so NPD publicly reports revenue, not units sold. So ah. you're talking about a GBA game, which I think was 30 bucks. 30 bucks, yeah, I don't versus know. Versus a $60 game. Sure, Still, but it beat it by, by 90%. Yes. Which is, I guess... Not as much as the price difference, so it's but it is still an impressive feat. It's, it's an impressive feat for yeah. sure. Uh, I don't think I wrote it down, but the game has sold over like a million copies worldwide already. Good for Kirby Star Allies, and uh, you know, a, I feel like a deserving game, even if it's a little bit on the short side. Like, still a super fun like uh multiplayer experience, and maybe the cutest game on the Switch right now. Uh, Nintendo announced their 2017 fiscal year earnings results last week. And so we learned a little bit more about just like how the Switch is doing, how they say it's doing in the future, uh, general company things. Some of the highlights of that, Switch sold 15.05 million units uh, for all of fiscal year 2017. That doesn't include the launch month, which was the final quarter of uh, the previous 2016. Year, right. uh, which so is they, when both you and I bought our Switches. Yes, that's yes. right. So they have sold 17.79 million Switches lifetime to date. And and that's an impressive number. It's an impressive number. This year, this fiscal year, they're expecting, they're projecting to sell 20 million. So do even better this year than they did last year. That, that's a lot of switches. Uh, didn't the PlayStation just cross the 79 million threshold mark? I think PlayStation so. 4? I believe so. Um, man, it's amazing how much hardware is being moved right now. Like, yeah. People wanna, want machines to play video games on. Uh, also, they said that they are Nintendo is going to be supporting the 3DS beyond 2019. Uh, are we surprised by this, or are we? I guess I'm not anymore. By it? Right. Like, uh, if you had said this a year ago, I would have thought you were crazy. Right. But they keep trickling out games that are going to be coming out. It, they're definitely not launching on a consistent basis. It almost seems like they're doing like maybe one major game a quarter. But yeah, they which are is a definitely much still, slower pace. Uh, coming out with with 3DS games. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, will will you be getting the Luigi's Mansion remake that comes to 3DS? Like for me, it feels like it has to be a special title. Yeah, for me well, to pick it up. 
a special or like a certain kind like so no i i won't i won't get luigi's mansion but i may very well pick up the uh mario and luigi bowser's inside story when it comes out in 2019 because that is the kind of game that i want to take with me um and play on on that machine i don't know if like a uglier version of luigi's mansion which is already it's like an atmospheric game so like i don't know playing it on a tiny screen is a little bit less engaging as it is there's already a luigi's mansion game there you know if there's anything that worries me about this, if worries me is even the right like phrase, I don't want to see a new Zelda on 3DS. I'm not super right. excited about like that idea. Um, those so- sorts of games I'm hoping will come to Switch instead. But it will not surprise me if we see that Link's Awakening remake show up on 3DS. Right. And that's that's exactly what I'm expecting. I'm expecting there to be one more game that we're like, oh. Man, I have to play my 3DS so I can play this game. There'll be one more. The last one, I think, was Metroid, right? Right. Um, And there'll be one more like that where it's like, you absolutely have to play this game, and you absolutely have to play it on your 3DS. Uh, Some personnel changes. Tatsumi Kimishima is retiring as president of Nintendo on June 28th. He'll remain with the company as an advisor. And also, we knew that he was like a... It's kind of like a, temporary. A, yes, a fill-in, after a, a substitute wa- president. Yes, I mean, after Awada died, he kind of came in to fill the void of, like, elder statesmen. Yeah. Um, and just keep the company on track while they found a long-term... Because he's older. I think he's in his late 60s. That's right. Uh, and so he was never a long-term replacement. Uh, the... New president is going to be Shantaro Fur... Oh, man, I'm having trouble saying this. Furukawa? Yes, yeah. Uh, He'll be taking over since 2016. He's been Nintendo's managing executive officer, supervisor of corporate analysis and administrative division and director. Which is a sexy title. (laughs) Uh, He, he, uh, to your point of uh, Kimishima being uh, uh, an older gentleman, um, this dude is... 46 i I believe believe. so yeah um so he is on the younger side um and before uh iwata nintendo presidents had sort of a a long tenure um his predecessor before i think had the position for like 40 or 50 like a super long time longer than you think of nintendo's history even being right um so you know maybe we're getting into uh like back into a like place of stability for leadership at the company and I guess, you know, it hasn't been like that for a while, um, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens under a little bit more, like, permanent leadership. Furukawa is a big gamer. Uh, he, most recently, he's been playing a lot of Golf Story. Uh, in fact, he claimed in an interview that it was his favorite Switch game. Uh, great. Um, I, I like having a, a gamer at the helm. Even, you know, they, there were, we were reading stories about um, Nintendo uh, hiring like a new crop of uh, talent that isn't just gamers, um, but there's something like reassuring about knowing that like the guy in charge likes to, like likes to play games. <laughs> I like folding cardboard too, but like uh, I like uh, I like to, like to play games. Um, he also there was something I was going to say that we didn't write down about him, but I can't remember what it is now. So if I think of it, well, I just don't know, inter- I don't know just what I'll do with inter- that information. whatever's happening. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll talk about it. Also, uh, Shinya Takahashi and Yoshiaki Koizumi got promoted as well. They've Good. been having a lot more visibility with, like, because they were both leads on Switch. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Furukawa, uh, in his, like, initial interviews following the announcement of him becoming president, was saying that... His vision for Nintendo, part of that is focusing on things that only Nintendo can do. Interesting. So I don't think we should expect Mother another, three? like, yeah, we should expect another, you know, like, uh, GameCube type situation where they're trying to compete in hardware specs. You know, Nintendo for a long time has kind of been marching to the beat of its own drum, and we shouldn't expect their next console to be a Xbox competitor necessarily. It could be. Right, but uh, I guess the the big takeaway there is that like this is not someone who's gonna like take Nintendo stuff and like put it on other platforms or whatever. Like he's gonna carry the torch of like 
Nintendo is a unique platform, and it does what it does, and no one else does that. A new filing with the FCC suggests that Nintendo is looking to address their left Joy-Con problem by releasing an entirely new iteration of the controller. Uh, This seemed to be a problem more when the Switch initially launched. Mm -hmm. Uh, But basically what was happening is that the left Joy-Con would desync from the Switch uh, seemingly due to the placement of an internal antenna. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo said initially when this was a problem back in like March that they had made like a manufacturing change, uh, like in the way that the Joy-Con was assembled. It looks like in, they are now going to just like, they're, they have a more definitive fix for it. Right, like it's a more like just, it is a new... Uh, a new version of the of the Joy-Con. No word on what we can expect to see new Joy-Cons like on store shelves and bundles or included with new systems. It's not something they're going to announce that it'll just like quietly right. be seeded into the supply chain and then uh, somebody will like will just crack it open right. and uh, will notice that they have a new one. Um, and meanwhile, those of us that have these old crappy Joy-Cons will uh, have these collector's items. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Um, are, are you? Have you experienced any of the left Joy-Con? I haven't. It's not something that uh, I ran into with my launch unit. Yeah, um, me either. But I, I like the. I like that they are are being addressed, um, and that uh, if I do ever go for another set of Joy Cons, which I think I probably will at some point, um, that that won't be a worry that I will have. We also learned from uh, Koei Tecmo's earnings report that Fire Emblem Warriors has shipped one million units worldwide. Uh, combined between the Switch and new 3DS version. Ah, good point. I thought this was interesting, only that I thought this game bombed and bombed hard because it came out last year uh, in September. It was a September mm, release. Cause it wa- no, wasn't it an October release? It came out r- like two days before it was, Odyssey. It was, yes, it was yeah. an October release. Right. And Like October 25th or 6th yeah, or something like that. And nobody cared. Except... Well, you and I didn't talk about it. <laughs> and I feel like we're representative of the world. Uh, but no, clearly, the game was more successful than um, uh, I realized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that maybe bodes well for Hyrule Warriors coming out on Switch. I mean, Hyrule Warriors, I think, also has the probably benefit of uh, Wii U owners um, have played it and are probably interested in playing like a more definitive version of it especially because a lot of the dlc only came to um the 3ds the 3ds and people who played it on the 3ds probably want to play a version of it that works <laughs> and has all the content i'm saying there's like a, a more of a fan base already built up um and it has there. the zelda name right which i mean it's an easier sell if nothing else i maybe i i i th- I don't know if that's actually true. If the Zelda name is really a bigger pull than Fire Emblem, I know that we think it is, and like for us, we're like, yeah, obviously, give me the Zelda thing instead of the Fire Emblem thing. But I think the people who like Fire Emblem really like Fire Emblem. I think that's true. But if you are um, Sam Everyman, sure, or woman, right? Sam Everywoman, uh huh, walking into a store Mm -hmm. to buy a video game and uh you have the choice between fire emblem or zelda if you're your zelda has more brand like cash okay so it says hyrule warriors on it Uh uh-huh there's like zelda but like the elf man is standing there you know you recognize the the elf elf man Man zelda himself is standing there (laughs) uh yeah i mean i guess if look if we're talking about someone's mom going to uh sam every woman sam every woman mother of three right she's a single mom she works hard wow that's what what happened to mr every woman i don't know you just left him (laughs) no is she yeah sure I, I guess I... But she's better off without him. Sure. Like, it's not a sad thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. He, he was a problem for them, and it's, it's better that he's not there. And he's better without them, too, frankly. So, like, everyone's lives are better since they got a divorce. I can see where she would go for Hyrule Warriors over Fire Emblem Warriors, but I Thank think... Thank you. That's all I'm saying. All right, moving on. <laughs> 
Uh, Nintendo announced a new mobile partnership with Games and a new mobile game, Dragalia Lost. It's a new mobile RPG. Uh, Nintendo also purchased 5% of Games outright. Mm. So, so Nintendo is just getting into... And this is not like the uh, DNA um, agreement in that... Did, didn't DNA also buy part of Nintendo? Mm, I can't remember. I think it was more... Uh, you may be right. I've always just thought of it as more of just a like a partnership, like a business working relationship. Yeah, sure. Um, so this doesn't end that. They're still working with DNA in some capacity, but they are looking beyond them to grow their mobile business. Uh, so this Dragalia Lost mobile game, new RP, IP. New IP, mm-hmm. um, RPG free to play. So it's, you know, gotcha based. I believe uh, Games, the company that they are partnering with, has like one of, if not the most popular uh game in Japan right mobile game in Japan right now so they are very well versed in the gacha mechanics um so this game is not currently slated to come out in the west i think it there it is eventually Sh- sure but it will initially launch That's in japan what currently means <laughs> no but i mean it's not out anywhere no i agree with so that so i'm saying that it it is currently slated to be released in the west ah okay at a future date. I see, I see. Um, I don't know. This is... Uh, I guess I've never really played one of these like free-to-play RPG type things. It yeah. has that like anime aesthetic. Yeah, so it maybe is, is not for us anyway. Um, yeah, I, it's... Uh, most uh, free-to-play games with a, a gacha mechanic, I get turned off to um, just them wanting me to pay them to continue to, to play. Um, I sure don't mind paying money up front to play something. That's fine with me. Um, but I think we're like outliers there. You probably. In the mobile space anyways. For 100%. Uh, also, Nintendo has said that they're going to be revealing more about the Nintendo Switch online service in early May. So, with our luck, it could be happening like right this minute as right, we record at, this. At 12.01 <laughs> when this episode posts. Right, because by the when we're recording this, it's like Monday morning, or it's uh the like Tuesday morning in Japan. That's right. And so, and Nintendo has a habit of like dropping news then what, like in the midst of our recording, I usually like get home, check Twitter and I'm like, darn it. <laughs> darn it. We missed everything. Okay. So we are finding out about m- more about the online service uh, in May. Uh, E3 is in June. So they're getting out in front of the, in front of E3. Mm-hmm. Are they doing that? Why, why is that happening? Why are we finding out details now and not when their big exciting uh press conference it's a thing. great question are they doing it to like so we can get all of our anger out early like how they right. announced like the wii's name about a month before um e3 so that way everybody could like make all their jokes about it early right or uh is it just that like I mean, it's also possible that the information that we get in May is just going to be like, here's a date, here are like how, here's how it works, and like you'll find out all the exciting stuff about games in E3. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also possible that uh, that's not what they want to talk about at E3. That's you know, a, they, that's they just don't want to spend, because this could in itself be a 15 minute presentation that, if that's, if they release a video, you know, like a 15 minute presentation, um, when I feel like their E3 main presentation is usually like 45 games, minutes games games yeah. games games yeah yeah and that's a good point and we're gonna get to um some information about what the uh the e3 let's let's move we'll on let's do that. it right now yeah. uh so nintendo also outlined their e3 plans for this year monday june 11th is the opening rounds of the splatoon 2 world championship world championship and then the final round is on june 12th followed immediately by the super smash brothers switch invitational which is going to have like pro level uh super smash brothers players playing the new smash brothers for the first time uh in like a, a public space um and we'll get to see some of that game in action in the hands of people who know the series the best. Because that'll be happening on in the afternoon of the 12th, because also on June 12th at 9 a.m. Pacific time, Nintendo will stream their E3 presentation online like they have for the past few years. Um, it's basically like a, a special Nintendo Direct for all yeah. intents and purposes. It's said to feature games releasing in 2018. Including, they make special note of mentioning, 
Smash Brothers. Yeah. So I'm guessing this will be like the big blowout where, we're, where we will learn a lot about the game. Uh, you know, they said this l- last year that they are focusing on games released in 2017, but we still got teases for Pokemon Switch, Metroid Prime 4. So that doesn't yeah. mean that there aren't going to be any like teases for the, both 2019 of those, and beyond. But both of those teases, it should be noted, are like the teasiest teases in video game history. One is a logo and, and the one other is, is not a dude. even a logo. <laughs> Just like standing sitting at a desk being like, hey, everybody, chill out. <laughs> right. Like, I know we have to do this. Yeah. He's not even really saying like there is a game. He's like, I understand there's a need for, for Right, a game. right. He's like, yeah. Uh, it's, it's next on my list of things to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it, people. I would get to it a lot faster if my door stayed closed. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we're going to be recording and posting our reactions to the presentation around noon on Tuesday, so you won't have to wait an entire week That's to right. hear us bloviate about it. That We will bloviate on command <laughs> <laughs> immediately after. It'll be just like last year when yeah. we were right there. We'll probably stick around a little bit into the um, treehouse presentation, right? Because right? we made the mistake last year of not doing that, and no, we oh, no, we waited we a little bit. Around? We stuck around. Oh, right, because we because that's where uh Samus Returns was revealed. That's right, and we were ready to talk about that. Um, and then that game came out, and we played it, and we've all moved on. Like it's it's amazing the uh, just like thinking about I'm am am playing God of War now, and just how long it's been since God of War was announced, and uh, then it came out like two or three years later or whatever and now i'm just it's just it's so funny to me that metroid like was announced popped up in a thing we played it it's done it's gone and it's over yeah um and we're just on to the next thing uh speaking of treehouse live they're gonna be doing that again this year so right after the presentation on the morning of the 12th all the way through the end of e3 on june 14th um nintendo treehouse treehouse staff will be doing a live stream from the show floor, uh, showing off gameplay and interviews, and they specific again specifically call out that they will be starting first with Super Smash Brothers for Switch. Um, pretty amazing. I'm uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, there's nothing, not not nothing. There are many things exciting in life, um, but one of them is learning what characters are in the new Smash. Oh Brothers yeah, game. it's the only thing that keeps us going. <laughs> it's the only once we know that information and this game comes out, we can all die. As far as I'm They've concerned. They've got to have a, a Smash 6. Otherwise, sure. you know, like... Otherwise, what's the point? Right. <laughs> what do we have to look forward to? Uh, so Smash is obviously going to have a huge presence at E3 this year. Do you think they'll devote their entire booth to it? Like they have the past... Two years ago, it was Breath of the Wild and mm-hmm. only Breath of the Wild. Last year was Odyssey and only Odyssey. Do you think their booth, Nintendo's booth at E3 this year, is just going to be the Smash Brothers experience? Or do you think we'll go back to uh, what they have done in, you know, like... Four years ago, past, yeah. or what other companies do, where it's like a grab bag of a bunch of different games. Well, it's tough because Smash Brothers is, by its very nature, like pulling in lots of other. Like, if you do everything Breath of the Wild and you turn the booth into uh, Hi- Hyrule, or you turn the booth into the Metro Kingdom because it's all Mario Odyssey, like that's a single aesthetic that you can just do. But Smash is so many different things, um, and I-, I would be willing to believe that it like smash is the cornerstone of their thing but that uh w- however the um online structure and whatever like retro game stuff that is tied into this um tied into that and also smash will feature there heavily too like one of the things that i, I can't get away from with the online service and virtual console and um smash is how closely they're married on the wii u like you can go into Smash on Wii U and see the games that all those characters are from and play sample versions of them and then have an option to buy the full game. So, like, if they don't have that in place for Smash Brothers, like, Smash Brothers is there not just to sell old games, but it does sell old games. So, like, I I think it's going to be this sort of, like, retro extravaganza and, like, classic games and Smash all as one. I think it's going to be awesome. And, of course, this is the E3. They're going to be able to play the official localization of Mother 3 in of course, English. Of course. And that'll actually be what the whole booth is. Everything I just said is wrong. And it'll, it'll be released be exclusively Mother on the Wii U. That's right. 
or on the uh, Game Boy Advance Classic Edition, <laughs> right? Which will also yeah, be announced. Which will also be time. announced. Uh, finally, now we made a bunch of that up. <laughs> Everything we just said is made up. It's not. We're in the news section, but that was all made up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all lies. But this is truth. Finally, Kotaku UK did a ranking of the Kongs a couple of days ago, and if that sounds familiar, mm. it's because we did the same thing a couple of weeks ago, and. Theirs are crazy and definitely not definitive. No. So if you have happened upon their list, you should know that we do not endorse their list. No. Uh, it is no one cleared their list with us. Uh, we're not angry about it. Uh, we're not. Yes, we're not angry about it. We just recognize that their choices are incorrect. Look, Cranky Kong is way too low on their list. He's like number six or something. Yeah. What? He's the original Donkey Kong. So anyway, if you could all just tweet at uh, Kotaku or Kotaku UK and just let them know uh, that they should really check out our list because it is the definitive one, uh, we would appreciate that very much. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you could please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, that would be lovely. If you like the episode, share it on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we love all of that, and it all helps us out tremendously. Um, on Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And collectively, we are at Nincart Society. You can check out the Facebook page if that's still something you do. We're just called Nintendo Cartridge Society on there. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can find more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening. Campfire.